This is the Copper Creek Contractors. You're in Line 9 Nation, WCIA 3-in-1 Podcast. Welcome into the WCIA 3-in-1 Podcast. They've exercised the Terps, Brett, Illinois, for the first time since Maryland was in the ACC. And I know you didn't get to see this, Brett, but on the broadcast they showed highlights from that game. And I love that uh, Jason Benetti and Robbie Hummel brought up just how long the shorts were back then. Uh, that's how you can tell it was a, a way different time period. Uh, it has been that long since Illinois has won in College Park at the Xfinity Center. First time in Brad Underwood's era. And it ends, I don't know if I want to say ends, but it, it, it's at least for now puts on hold the streak of Maryland winning 10 of 12 home and away against the Illini. Uh, is a win they sur- surely needed. 85-80, Illinois picks it up. I'm Andy Olson. He's Brett Barons. Brett, you were there. You're still there in D.C. Uh, I guess you were in College Park earlier today. But you were in the DMV area. Uh, it's, a, it's a loud place. I know it's been a while since you've been there, but I, I do like me some Xfinity Center. Yeah, it had been a couple years since I had made the trip out here to see Illinois lose. They lost their last yeah. three games here. Uh, in the Brad Underwood era at Xfinity Center. And yet, here they are and come in and put up 85 points, Andy. And I think that's the big takeaway for me is that this Maryland shooting team, not very good. The defense, though, for Maryland, like very, very good. Top 20 in the country in defensive uh, efficiency. And so the fact that Illinois was able to come in here and do what they wanted, get 85 points, walk out with a five-point win, to improve now to 10 and four in the big 10 conference and 19 and six overall like this is a quad one win today. Cause Maryland started the day at 75. Now they're probably going to drop. You would think uh, losing at home to Illinois, although Illinois, obviously uh, certainly a quad one team there as well, but this is a good win for Illinois and it was louder in there. Uh, the students showed up big time. It is a loud place. Uh, almost 18,000 were in there today. That was the sold-out crowd. And you've been there. It is it is a mm-hmm. difficult place to play. The student section goes straight up on the south end of the arena. They got after it, and yet Illinois walks out with a win. And Brad said after the game, you said exercise demons. Look, he, he was pretty pumped up to be able to, to get that win. He has now won at every road venue in the Big Ten in his seven years as head coach at Illinois. And uh, I think they were feeling good after this. The players, and even Brad, but certainly the players, they're the ones that played the game out there, were excited to get out of there with a win. And I think even though Maryland may not have the best record, right, they're 6-9 and nine in Big Ten, 14-12, a down year for them after they were picked third in the league preseason, uh, yeah. this is still a quality win for Illinois. I think it has been a few years since Illinois has lost to the Terps and it has been a game that Maryland should have won. Illinois has been dropping these games, and it feels like they have been the more talented, the better team in Brett. Uh, that goes. Uh, that's the same for the game in the State Farm Center earlier this year when Illinois, without Terrence Shannon Jr., should have beaten Maryland on their home court. Yet, the Terps work their turtle magic and beat Illinois on their home floor. I, I think... I'm sure this one feels good because it that is somewhat reversed in this one. Illinois was just a two-and-a-half-point favorite going into this one. It's hard to win on the road in the Big Ten no matter where you go. But this one, for certain, like, 
Illinois needed this one, I think, to feel good. You know, not just the net, not just the conference records and everything like that. They just needed this needed this one as a team just because of how they have performed recently against Maryland. Yeah, and if they have Terrence Shannon Jr. in that game in January, they probably win. I mean, I think that shows to be the yeah. difference tonight. TSJ goes for 27 points. It plays 39 minutes. I thought he was really, really effective, especially out in transition. Illinois in fast break points, 19-2 to two advantage. Huge difference there in the game. When they got downhill as well, Marcus Domask playing booty ball. Terrence Shannon Jr. trying to forcefully get his way to the bucket. Hey, they I, were very, very effective. I don't want you to move on from this topic, because, but since I know you don't have the stats in front of you, do you remember how many fouls that Terrence Shannon Jr. drew in this game? I mean, there was like 25-22 for both ways there. Like, they were just – I mean, it yeah. was a hack attack, Andy. Did you get it that was. sense watching? It was, yeah. And I don't know how much of it was – you know, I'm putting the show together and stuff like that as I'm trying to watch, so maybe I'm not keeping the closest eye on it. The refs were getting very involved in some of this. But but to answer my question, Terrence Shannon Jr. drew 12 fouls in this game. <laughs> Insane. I mean – as a whole, what did how many did Illinois draw on that? I yeah, feel like they, it was they drew twenty five total, and uh, they only fouled Maryland twenty two times. You hit it right on the head, twenty two, twenty five. Okay, so like you know when you're sitting there looking at that, going, okay, well that <laughs> answers some of the questions of like the second half there, where they there was just so many whistles. It felt like yeah. at the arena, just a slow paced type game, and yet the score still in the eighties, and that's in large part because. Terrence throws up 14 of 16 from the line. Like he gets 14 of his 27 from the line. And and I thought he was effective. Illinois late closes the door. And this was a big question mark going in, right? Of like, can Illinois in crunch time in closing time, figure out a game. You saw them in Michigan state last week and not do that. We saw it earlier on this season against Nebraska, where uh, the Cornhuskers come back tie it send it overtime yes illinois won that game but like they they still had some late game execution question marks coming into this and i thought they answered that in large part from the line to circle this all back around nine of ten from the charity stripe the final five minutes that's going to win you ball games more often than not and i thought the other part is they made shots for jameer young very very difficult Mm -hmm. in that final couple of minutes and credit young 28 points he is a stud, and I don't know where this Maryland team would be without him. Um, Julian Reese with 18, and then Dante Scott with 17, and, and that's pretty much it for the scoring. And the craziest thing happened with Dante Scott before the oh, game. Oh, I was going to ask about I'm this walking, story, too. I want to hear your perspective. I'm walking out to the court. There's like five, six minutes left before the end of the clock, which doesn't mean that's when the game starts. That means when both teams are supposed to be on the floor, national anthem all that so i'm walking back the maryland players are running back into their locker room to put on their jerseys they had just finished their final warm-ups and well quote unquote final warm-ups they still come out and do one more thing but uh i notice a player laying on the ground like right underneath the bleachers on the cement in writhing pain i mean he was not doing well and i'm like i think that's dante scott and sure enough it was him it almost is like he had slipped on some kind of water or something. It was the strangest thing. This, you know, Dante Scott's a pretty big dude. Uh, I'm going to guess he's 6'6", six, 6'7", six, six, maybe 230. Oh, they list him at 6'8", 230. Okay. 
So you got this 6'8", 230 guy just laying on the ground. He wasn't screaming, but he was noticeably in pain and kind of squirming around on the ground. Yeah. People are trying to come over and help him. And it turns out it's his left knee. He had a came back out after the starting lineups, was not in the starting lineups, comes back out on the bench a couple of minutes into the game, has a knee brace on, then checks in, and all of a sudden he comes in and scores 17 points. Pretty crazy from that turnaround from what it was. But I don't know if I've ever seen anything quite like that. And it was just the strangest thing. No, to describe what the uh... – the bowels of Xfinity Center kind of look like. It's almost somewhat similar to the way that State Farm Center has for the uh, wealthier patrons uh, of some of these games. There, there is an area where you can go into the tunnel, and I know at the Xfinity Center there, they almost have it like the tunnel that you go into roped off with fans on one side and then the team running in through the other. So it's kind of tight there for a little bit as Maryland's going back to its locker room. I don't know if that has anything to do with if he twisted his ankle running into someone or if someone spilled a drink while they were like running out and that had, you know, with him slipping or something like that. Uh, it is kind of tight quarters there at the Xfinity Center. So uh, I'm not surprised to hear that there was some kind of uh, some kind of, you know, hit that happened there. I don't know what it is particularly. Strangest thing. I, I don't know if I'll ever see anything quite like that, um, but yeah. that's why we go on the road. You never know what you're going to see. And uh, to see Dante Scott there laying on the ground, I, I didn't think he was going to play at that point. The fact that he was able to come back out with an e-brace on and only miss a couple of minutes of the first half uh, was, was pretty incredible to me. So uh, credit to him, I guess, for uh, withstanding the pain. He was definitely in pain during the game, but um, it doesn't seem to phase him that much if he's able to play 34 minutes. And, uh, and still score 17 points. So, uh, you know, I thought Illinois did an okay job, all things considered, on Jameer. Look, he scores yeah. 28 points, but he has to take 23 shots to do it, and he only goes 8 for 23 from the field, 1-3. A bunch of his points came from the line as well, 11 for 11. Julian Reese with 18, and both of those guys absolutely torched Illinois and Champaign. Yes, they get their points, but... Uh, like I said, other than Scott Young and Reese, there's nobody there doing much of anything. And so that depth for uh, for Maryland uh, really showed out in, in a big way uh, to help Illinois where, where they just really lacked in that, I felt. I want to hear uh, <clears throat> what you heard from some of the players because you brought up a great point there that Illinois in its most recent games has struggled with closing some of these ones out. Uh, Michigan didn't really have to worry about that too much. But Michigan State, Nebraska, they're not closing these games out. It got to that point there for Illinois where what are you gonna let them come back? You gonna you know keep this one at a you know sustainable lead for you. They ended up keeping that lead, although Maryland's never during this uh during the entire game were they able to really overtake the Alana, but they never went away either. Uh, Illinois leading for 36 and a half minutes in this one. Maryland only led for less than two minutes. Uh, so I don't think Illinois got into a double-digit lead. Uh, so Maryland was right there at the end, Brett. But Marcus Damask talks about how they were more focused. He felt like this game. Uh, just what did you hear from the players as that goes? Yeah, just from my perspective on the court, I mean – 
I thought Illinois was going to win the game for most of it. Now it did get a little close there, but they had a seven point lead with what, seven, eight minutes left. And they had an opportunity there to step on the throat. And we've seen that. And we saw that in a positive way against Michigan when they were able to do that. Now Michigan's a bad team. Certainly. I think Maryland's <laughs> a very middling team. I, yeah, They're probably not going to make the tournament. They're most likely an NIT team, but I think they could be a, a tough out for somebody in the big 10 tournament. They could win up seven and you're thinking, and, and I think you're feeling pretty good about where Illinois was at, but yet it was still threatening because they weren't able to shut the door. And then all of a sudden they don't score a field goal for three and a half minutes and Maryland gets right back into the game and, and Illinois fans, I get it. If you're sitting there going, Oh boy, here we go again. And, and what's going to happen here down the stretch. Uh, that's all fair. I think to really consider with, with what that came, but the resiliency this team is old, right? And I think that's what they keep going back to is the fact that they don't panic when it, it is crunch time late. And to see them execute, I feel like just talking to Quincy or just talking to Coleman Hawkins and talking to Marcus Domask and Justin Harmon after the game, like getting something like this will help them, right? Like they need these types of games to just show their resiliency. And I think they know that because they're a mature team. But to just experience that together I think is positive for them on the road and to be able to make some stops late that's what Marcus Tomask was really proud of and it was his shot uh, when it was 74-73 that he had blocked Jameer Young's layup attempt and this is what I wrote in my story on WCIA.com and for the newscast it was that play where things really started to turn they go on uh, I believe it was a 7-2 run from there and that was really where the game was decided because Justin Harmon got the rebound off of the block or off of the deflection. He passes it ahead to Coleman. Coleman, um, I thought he could have gone up a little bit more aggressive. The shot got blocked. They called a foul. I thought it was all ball. I was right underneath that basket, but they called a foul. Uh, Coleman able to make it a three-point play, and then Illinois was off from there. But those kind of moments – uh, really important for this team to build off of. And and that's what Brad had said as well, right? Like you got to have those types of in-game scenarios where you can rise above. And I think Brad feels really good because he has an old team in that when you've got fifth-year guys on the floor like they do. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that moment as well because everyone on Twitter was – as soon as Coleman – because there were – it wasn't, you know – Coleman didn't have to grab that rebound – we're talking about the play right before Damask is left one-on-one with Jameer Young and has to try and do anything he can to try and stop that bucket. But I think Terrence Shannon Jr. is right there, and at least one other player is right there in the corner with, with them, Brett. But Hawkins comes up with it, and he's falling out of bounds, so he just f- shoots one down the court, almost to the, yeah. <laughs> almost uh, half court. And uh, a crazy play all around and really a five-point swing because Hawkins comes down the other way, like you said, gets fouled, makes the free throw. Basketball is a weird game, man. That gives Illinois all the momentum. With the win, 10 Big Ten wins, that is five straight seasons for Illinois of 500 ball in conference play at least. And all of the previous four, they have won more than 10 games. Illinois with six games, of course, to reach that uh, positive win-loss record still for this season. Now their attention turns to Penn State, Brett. That is.
times last year. Yep. On, it's a different team, but I don't think anyone should be losing to Penn State basketball three times in a season. <laughs> no, Michael Shrewsbury now at Notre Dame. Obviously, he's not there. Andrew Funk, uh, the funky Cole Medina, right? Like, he was crazy. Um, and the fact that they had pretty much owned Illinois last season, right? And, and ended yeah. their run of the Big Ten tournament, uh, right? And so it's just like this Penn State team has been a bugaboo just like Maryland has been last year. And the fact that Brad Underwood adopted so much of his booty ball offense off of Jalen Pickett, right? Like that's mm-hmm. what they're running now. It's kind of crazy to me. And so Illinois is going to go. This is their first and only, as of this point, back-to-back true road games of the season. And so the Wednesday at Rec Hall, by the way, so it's not at Bryce Jordan Center. They're moving this game to Rec Hall, which is a lot smaller venue, kind of like Huff Hall uh, is for Champaign. And so another test, right? Penn State's not a great team. And so can you go in there and can they get a win? I think that'll be another big backbone test for this team. And if they can do that, then I feel like you're really separating yourself here for that double buy in the Big Ten tournament. What are we at now? We got six games left, six Andy. Is that right? Left, in the yeah. uh, in the regular season here, so you're gonna have uh, what then a fourth left after Wednesday night, right? You got five games left then, and so can they go in and and get a win? And really, I would feel like if they can beat Penn State in Happy Valley Wednesday, that double buy is essentially all but locked up. Right, I think think they're feeling pretty good about that if they can do that. With Wisconsin losing today to Iowa, which is just a dagger for them, right? Badgers have lost five of six. That February swoon is is just hitting them extremely hard. So Illinois now with a game and a half lead for second against Wisconsin, like that. If that cushion can can continue continue to build here, uh, you still got another game with Wisconsin. You still got another game against Purdue. I, I think that's only going to continue to build that momentum going forward into Minneapolis in the Big Ten tournament, which, look, that's just, what, two and a half weeks out now. Crazy. Yeah, Illinois is two games above fifth place right now if we're considering double-bye talk, Uh, that being Northwestern at eight and six right now. Uh, Penn State today did lose to Nebraska by more than 20 points, so they are not coming into this Illinois game hot, like you said. (laughs) They are not good this year. Only Ohio State and Michigan are worse than the Nittany Lions this season, Brett. Uh, So we'll see what team shows up on Wednesday, Uh, see if Illinois can get back at those Nittany Lions. Uh, And I think the win on the road certainly helps Illinois' petition, their their strive to get back to number 10 this week. You got to keep that seesaw going. It's been six straight weeks going 10 to 14 back and forth. (laughs) I think the AP voters need to just keep this bit going because I think it's too funny to stop now. Uh, all yeah, right, Brett. the yo-yo back. The yo-yo back and forth. Five-point win for Illinois in Maryland. Your final thoughts uh, from uh, D.C. out there, the National Mall? See any museums? Nope, no time for that. Look, we had uh, full court Friday last night. Got home late, up early on the flight, you know, uh, <laughs> Live in large here, Andy. You know, oh, yeah. you, you get to the airport. I had five minutes when I got to my gate before they started boarding, which was perfect. Just walk up, get on the plane. You know, I got the rental car situation figured out. A little bit of a 
precarious situation at DCA, but we figured it out. We we prevailed, found the rental car, was off site. Who would have known? But we got it, drove straight to the arena. Now uh, gonna enjoy this burrito and uh, and call it a night. All in a day's life, huh? Yeah, I think you would give Joey Wagner of Illini Inquirer a heart attack. The way the way that you travel. <laughs> nah, it's all it's all good. All good. You make it, you know? We're not just making it, we're thriving here. He's giving so, me uh, a hard time about showing up thirty minutes before a flight takes off. I don't I don't know how he would handle five minutes before was, a flight takes off. I was there thirty minutes. I said five minutes before boarding. Sure, I was there okay, thirty right. minutes before the flight took off, but you know, I, I had five, six minutes before it started boarding, you know, and the B twelve on Southwest is great status. So, you know, we were we were ready to go. Had a whole uh three seats half side of the plane to myself. Wow. Spread out. That is a travel success story. That's crazy. That's what I mean. So that's what we're talking about. You know, we're gonna hope for the same tomorrow so I can get some more shut eye on the plane. And uh it's great when you don't have anybody next to you in the two seats. You can just take it easy, spread out, no problem. And uh, we're going to hope for the same tomorrow. Then we're back at it next week. So, all right, we're all in a day's work. We're cutting the travel talks there. We've talked enough about all the behind the scenes <laughs> stuff. For Brett, I'm Andy. Thanks for joining us on this post game pod. Illinois wins 85 to 80. We'll do it again on Wednesday after Illinois takes on Penn State. Like I said, thanks for joining us, and we will see you on the next one. This has been the Copper Creek Contractors, your Illini Nation, WCIA 3 in 1 podcast.